podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the jungle. We've got pun and games. We've got everything you want and we know your names, etc. Hello, I'm Lee. Welcome to the Bloodhammer Podcast. The podcast that's now an official outside lights wanker. Oh, yeah? Good, good for you. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Have you gone as well? I forgot. Like, yeah, yeah. You I've got a bit... up or something? I've, I've got very low key. I mean, yeah, the, I, my house did come rigged up with um, lights, but they were like Blackpool Illuminations lights, as in like every light was a light bulb, like a proper mm-hmm. light bulb. Mm-hmm. So I took those down because it's stupid. Um, and just got some inoffensive battery-operated ones. But... Mine plugs in because uh, see, I've got I've got a plug up in the, the good, top corner you... of a room. You see, see that's where you get the goods. You get you get good projection with plug. You don't get it with batteries. Sorry, right. so it's LED and I've done crazy like icicle type things. Oh, nice. Man, I, but obviously, I've done it now and it doesn't look big enough. So I'm gonna to have to go bigger next year. I've made a rod <laughs> for my own back here. See, this is my problem because I've just got them running across the bottom of the of the like porch which is you know it's about six foot of lights maybe 10 feet of lights tops and it looks fine but like everybody else in my street does like they it goes across the fucking drains at the top of the house it goes around the fucking windows and i just feel like it's like i'm trying but like nothing i ever do will ever compete so i think i'm just gonna not bother Stick with my shit lights. So, I'm Lee. Hello, everybody. And over you there are. is... I'm Josh. Of the little so, light. other than wrestling with your Christmas lights, what have you been up to? Anything? Uh, not a lot, really. Built some flat pack furniture this week. Uh, that's about it, really. Watched a lot of rugby this weekend, actually. That was nice. That is, is the advantage of this whole... I mean, I don't want to say that there's an advantage of the... Uh, Tsunami of Omicron or whatever the fuck that strawhead cunt is calling it these days. Um, but you know, my social engagements have shrunk rapidly to none. So I can basically just sit on my ass and watch television, which is basically what I want to do anyway. Well, I had a big social engagement at the weekend because my wife had decided to hold her Christmas works due in our house. That's just really punchy well, from a sort of home in position point of view and just in a sort yeah. of like what are you what are you setting yourself up for and i was just notified of this obviously about a month ago because people come around on the 11th i said okay <laughs> when so I yeah mean, that, it's the awful thing when you get like you get told of something happening months in advance and you're like yeah yeah all right and, and then because it seems like ages away and it's and like then, well i can deal with that then and then i was basically like i felt like i was a fucking i was working in, for an agency at a function all weekend <laughs> Chopping stuff up, running round. What else happened to support her? It says here. It says here. I was very happy to support her. (laughs) You basically no. It was actually very nice. Party, wasn't it? It was very nice, and it was. uh, But it was. It was a lot of scousers. She was a lot of uh, scouser type. Which nothing wrong with that at all. But they were quite drunk, and um, they'd laid minibuses on and everything. It was a proper. It was like coming to like a fucking hotel. It was doing my head in. These didn't stay. But then, of course, I get the whole "Will you play the guitar?" thing, oh, and, I come up, and I was like, "Well, you probably don't want me to play guitar because all the songs I know 
are miserable balance or real sad, or real sad shit. <laughs> They're the only ones I know all the way through. So basically, so yeah. and then of course you sit there and there's about twelve people looking at you, going, "Play something, play something that we know." Like, well, I don't, don't know, know anything, you know. You know. And yeah. obviously, what just play something you know all the way through. Okay, but again, I come back to you don't want that. <laughs> How yeah. low do you want this night to go? How much of a exactly. downer would you like me to put on things? So then you're on guitar, whatever, tabs thing. Yeah, yeah. People say, can you play this, can you play that? So ended up playing Mamma Mia on acoustic guitar, which went surprisingly well. Well, well you got a lot of drunk people just singing at the top of the lungs. It was all I guess like, it, it always, it always helps if they're an accommodating and willing audience. Yeah, but they yeah. were a good bunch. It was a nice thing. But yeah, it was uh, it was good. We got it all done. It was So yeah, that's mine. And then I've got my work still on Wednesday. But it's just, it's... Uh, it's lunch in a pub on Wednesday afternoon. I mean, that yeah. seems absolutely bang up my street. So, can live with that, definitely. Other than that, I've been listening to me, uh, me dictators podcast. Learned a thing. Oh yes, Idi Amin this week. Oh, lovely stuff. You know what I did learn about Idi Amin? What did you learn about Idi Amin? Played second row in the British Army rugby. Did he really? I mean, to be fair, he's a big lad. He's so... six foot six and about yeah. three hundred pounds. So yeah, it's. Uh... You wouldn't fancy lifting him, would you? But you couldn't lift no. back then, so that was probably all right. <laughs> I was going to say, if in the modern rugby, you'd be one of those non-lifting locks. And back but once rows. again, you know, ADR means playing second row in rugby union. Nikolai Ceausescu actively promoted rugby union. <laughs> I mean, people can have a go at rugby league as much as they want, but there's been no fucking dictators involved <laughs> in rugby league say, football, let me tell you. The, rate, the level of dictators playing rugby is worryingly <laughs> high. Alarmingly it's, high. Yeah, you the, the dictator rate per 100,000 players is far <laughs> higher in rugby union than it is. In a... Yeah, it's like, it's enough that, you know, it's, it's still not a massive amount, but it's it's a lot higher <laughs> than you'd want it yeah, to. Yeah, you could say it's not statistically relevant. However, <laughs> I choose there, to take though. a different tack. So. <laughs> well, seriously, the Vichy regime, the Nazis... Yeah. Yeah. Ceausescu, Idi Amin. All the rugby leagues had is too many people getting off their heads on coke and pissing in bars. You know what I mean? That's, I I'm say. not saying that's good, but it is certainly better than mass murder. Yeah. Uh, George Bush, of course, doubly, played rugby union in college, famously. Not a dictator, yeah. but definitely a bit of a dick. <laughs> Which is enough to, to, or to, to tip him over the line. I bet Mugabe played rugby. Rugby's big in Zimbabwe. Well, any anywhere where it's a where it's a different uh, thing. Yeah. Where sorry, where it's the it's the empire has been left behind. You can guarantee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ian I Smith mean, would have played rugby, wouldn't he? Yeah, hundred percent. Pinochet probably liked rugby as well. He well, Chile, assault. yeah, it's quite big in Chile. It started <laughs> somewhere, didn't it? Big in yeah. Argentina, the hunter probably liked yeah. rugby. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I've got no historical it's, reference for any of this stuff. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just going through a list of things I can remember. That it's, it's starting to feel like rugby is a bit... It's kind of the baddie, isn't it? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not not sort of, like, dropping any massive truth bombs here, but, like, there's an awful lot of prevailing evidence that rugby union is perhaps not ideal. Well, you- Tends to end up on the wrong side of history far too often. I think it's yeah, just all all the time. For all the first yeah. world war heroes it produced, and it did. It did, yep. 
And it did. Uh, You've got to balance that against everything else. But uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so, so, as um, Johnny Ball says here, he started listening to the uh, to the Real Dictators podcast last week. I reckon it's a belting listen. It is. I recommend it to everybody after you listen to this mm. podcast, obviously. Narrated by Paul McGann, weirdly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but he's a scouser because he's one of the McGann's, but he's, you know, I'm Paul McGann, and this <laughs> is Real Dictators. <laughs> I got well into, um, for a little while, listening to the uh, Fall of Civilizations podcast. I mean, that so sounds a right can... laugh. What I was, was going to say, it's another, it's another higher, like, high fun podcast, which is basically every week they take a different um, dead classical civilization and they'd explain to you how it got fucked up through what we know so basically just all of the every week was a different way in which humanity's own hubris or self-involvement or silliness or stupidity had doomed thousands if not millions of people to death it was a real light listen but interesting very interesting the easter island one very interesting I find it something Jack Hurst says, the Gaddafi issues are banging on awful. They are. I mean, for every bit of comedy, you've, you've got to remember he's a fucking scumbag. He's an absolute fucking dickhead. But I've yeah. forgotten his son, who decided he wanted to be a professional footballer, got, yes. got his own football club. Yeah. And the commentators weren't allowed to say anybody's name but his. Everybody else had to mm-hmm. be mentioned by number apart from him. And he ended up signing for three Serie A clubs because of some yeah. deal with, I think, Silvio Berlusconi. Yeah, I mean, I think it says a lot about uh, it, the Italian oil business at that point that <laughs> you managed to get so much Syria. Unbelievable game, yeah. Remarkable well, they were all his stuff. mates again after after nine eleven. Basically, he got he got yeah. he wasn't a pariah anymore. Very <laughs> strange world. Um, a real weird one. Daniel Protecting says uh, Paul Potts comes across as a nippy scrum half. Perhaps yes. <laughs> That's not a very cerebral one, though. Reminds me yeah. of the when he was finally captured, and the mm. Sun's headline when he was was, and yeah. this is not a lie, is when I was at uni, was Pol Pot in a spot. I mean, and honestly, take... it was about a, a it was about a twenty five word piece. It was like in a little corner, Pol Pot <laughs> in a spot. Pol Pot, head of the Khmer Rouge and murderer of hundreds of thousands of his own countrymen, was arrested yesterday in remote Cambodia. Full stop. That was it. I mean, there's absolutely nothing else. You know what the main headline there, was in the sun that day, and I can genuinely never, for, I'll never forget it. Yeah. That Virgin Atlantic said they would fly the Union Jack on the tailplane if British Airways didn't want to, because British Airways oh, yeah. were changing the livery at the time. Yes, I remember. That was plastered all over the front page, and page two in a little square inch was Pol Pot in a spot. <laughs> I mean, say what you like about the British media. It's never less than absolutely swinging for the lowest common denominator. So anyway, yeah. So that's what I've been yes. up to. It is a, it is a, I'm, that thing. I, I'm binge listening it every time I go on a dog walk or do anything. Mm. I'm, I'm going to run out. I hate this. Oh, I hate that. I'm watching Dope Sick on Sky on Disney Plus. I haven't week, started that yet. It's a I weekly drop. It. Like this is yeah. 1987 like or some shit. Yeah. But I kind of like that. Like I, I, I quite. Yeah, part of me thinks, like, if I'm that bothered, I will just not watch it for, like, six weeks or whatever, and then just I'll have a nice little backlog. But 
But I thought I can't fucking remember anything. How did we used to watch everything on a weekly? But like every program Previously used to be on. weekly. So like, yeah. how did I remember any of this actually happening? Like 24, where it's like minute by minute and really confused. <laughs> like, how the fucking hell do you keep up with that? I think that's the thing. TV has become so much more complicated and serialized because of obviously like box set television and streaming. But yeah, like if you have to then sort of forcibly revert to the old week by week shit, it's fucking impossible to like. I I I love a previously on now because I'm like, oh yeah, (laughs) thanks. Oh yeah. So anyway, that's what we've been up to. Yeah. Welcome everybody and welcome along. We are on. uh, Well, how do people get in touch with you? I am Lee, as I've already said. I'm at Blood and Mud on the Twitter. Uh, And. at Josh Gardner or at Rucked underscore Mag for me. Uh, yeah, or, or Lee at bloodandmud.com. Yeah, Josh at bloodandmud.com. No emails this week. Fine with it. Josh pointed me in it. I'll just tell everybody, I, I, I had a right fuck up today. Josh pointed me in the direction of some nice discounted fanatic stuff through his, you know, Rucked underscore Mad stuff. Mm-hmm. I went to, I bought a Cleveland Brown sweatshirt mm-hmm. and forgot to apply the code. So therefore, the I'm not paying code. full price. Gave you including postage off. but in a way that's the perfect way to buy a cleveland browns jumper <laughs> to do it in a vaguely incompetent fashion yeah in a yeah. way that looks like it's going to turn out well then it's incompetent and costs you more than you ever <laughs> dreamed it would so yeah i mean it's definitely they really make life hard work for themselves don't they <laughs> <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable. Oldham drew 5-all on Saturday, speaking of my team. stuff. They were 4-1 down at one point. Honestly, it's a fucking roller coaster, but imagine a roller coaster that basically ends up crashing into the sea. That's my yeah. entire sporting life, effectively. <laughs> I think it's character building and is much more healthy than supporting a team that wins stuff. Indeed. Talking about weekly drops, Phil Lewis says fucking Hawkeye dropped two episodes together, then went to weekly the twats. Ah, uh, see. I was annoyed by that. See, it, that I don't know much about comics and that really, because I've I was a big two thousand AD fan and then gave up reading mm-hmm. anything. And nobody's yeah. ever tried to make a film out of that since Judge Dread with all this alone. <laughs> the new one was all right. Tell you what, yeah, Dread with um what's his face or Star Trek. Um, Keith Urban. Keith Urban, who I enjoy in everything. He's just got one of those faces. Was oh, it Carl? It was Urban. Very Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Keith Urban. Urban's, Keith Urban's Nicole Kidman's husband. Yeah. But I don't know anything about comics and stuff apart from that. And uh, I saw Hawkeye. Genuinely, the way they make anything out of anything now, I thought it was some kind of prequel series about Hawkeye from Mash. <laughs> and to be honest, who wouldn't want to watch that? By the way. I mean, yeah. It's surely we're literally. Weeks at worst away from some sort of mash reboot. Yeah, but imagine just a story about how Hawkeye became, you know, the the, the comedic but tragic <laughs> man that he was. Yeah, I mean, it's what they do though. They bring it forward into like modern times, mm-hmm. and they set it. And, in be, like and he'd somehow be dead rich and have rich friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Why is everything about rich people now? It's because apart of, from stuff uh, on BBC Three, yeah, ordinary people's lives are so like shit now that it's impossible to make <laughs> enjoyable comedy or drama out of it. And also because none of the people who are writing any of it have any idea what that world is like. Very true. 
Now Paul Abbott lives, he's a multimillionaire and lives in California, probably. The guy who wrote Shameless. You got you know, yeah. you got no chance now, have you? <laughs> speaking of speaking of things that are on BBC three, my hmm. uh my in-laws um got their house location scouted for uh some whatever new thing Ur off this country is do is filming at the moment. So I don't know I think... what this country is. Oh, this country's very good. If you want some proper working class comedy television, it's very good. Shit, what's her name? Fuck. I've forgotten her name. Is it a Welsh one? No. Is he saying Not the Welsh? name. I mean, is this Daisy country fucking, a Welsh? Daisy May fucking Cooper, that's it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah. Her new thing is is being filmed in Wookie, where my in laws live, and their house got locations counted yesterday and they're coming and filming there this week. Which I find very funny because Whatever she's doing, they're probably their house is probably going to re- represent some sort of like middle class stuck up people, and I'm going to enjoy <laughs> that <laughs> because it's a nice bungalow in Wookie. Uh, my yeah, mate, very good. My mate got to the final selection stages of going on. Um, what's the one? Come dine with me. Oh, really? They even went to his house and like interviewed him and filmed around his house and stuff. Wow. He didn't, didn't quite get there, and that would have been comedy gold because he is. He's a character. <laughs> My guy I work with's um, gran was on there with his uncle, and they're from Oxfordshire and very posh. I've never watched the episode, but um, they seem eccentric, to say the least. Yeah. Right. Anyway. So that's how you get yeah. in touch with us, should you wish to, to tell us yeah. about any of this stuff. Um, we are... On all those places, as you know, we are on the Sports Absolutely Social Podcast Network now, but obviously we're still wherever you normally find us. We're on Apple, and of course, we are on patreon.com slash blood and mud. So yeah, patreon.com blood and mud, where you can come in and spend £2 a month or £20 for the year and get lots of the full episode unedited, because we're going to tell people to fuck off if they're not a patron at some point during Damn this episode. Right. Um, but then welcome them back later. But if you don't want to be told to fuck off, then two quid or 20 yeah. quid. Or you can pay five quid or 50 quid for the year and get mm-hmm. yourself um, into the VIP and get yourself a biography. And we've had two this week. Or two yeah, we last, have. In the time since we last did it. So, uh, first of all, Josh, who have you got? Uh, I've got Tim Colton. Now, uh, Tim is a third-team reserve flanker for Culture Warriors RFC. Uh, Tim uh, has won Clubman of the Year seven years on the bounce, turns up at every training session, puts the cones out, clears up afterwards, always pays attention in team meetings, nags people to play their subs. Um, He's always the one sucking up to coaches in the team WhatsApp group, generally putting himself forward as an absolute paragon of the values and ethos and culture of the club. Uh, unfortunately, he spends so much time on that shit, he doesn't have any time left over to do things like skills or fitness or fundamentals, so he never gets a game because he's rubbish. But I think every club needs one of those people. You do. Every, every club needs level. one. Thank you very much, Tim. Um, the next one is Olivier B. And Olivier has not only come into the VIP, he's mm. rammed his contribution right up there. Hello. Right up there. They're giving us more than he he, he needs to. Not in that way. way. Don't be filthy. Rams it right up high. Yeah, yeah. Top shelf stuff. That might be filthy as well. Not that kind of top shelf. Either way, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He puts it right on the top of the mantelpiece. Like yes, a, he does. Like your nan's yes. fancy stuff. So Olivier B says, um, thank you very much to him. And this is what we've got. So I didn't say anything. Let me just say it. So Olivier B, perhaps the most mild-mannered second row in the whole of the Northeast League. Lovely. Um, Omicronians RFC lock Olivier. He's cool. unfailingly polite, refuses yeah. to get riled up for any reason at all, maintains mm-hmm. a zen-like calm amidst chewings, gougings, mouthings, and all manner of, you know, forward-based amateur skullduggery. Um, a remarkable character in many ways. Doesn't invite anyone back to his house because his head, his freezer is full of severed heads. Obviously, yeah. yeah. So there you go, that's Olivier. Lovely so stuff. there you go. You pay you pay more than you need to, and you get accused of being a serial killer. That's the kind of reward Look, that we give to people. I feel like this is exactly what people should expect and do expect from us now, quite frankly. Indeed. Shall we begin as we always begin, Josh? I think we've got a rad. With yeah. a player spotted. Now, Absolutely. Mike from Rooked Over, which is a podcast, a Leicester podcast, I believe. Hmm. I notice you've only started that this year, uh, Mike. It's almost like you were too ashamed <laughs> for, for a long time. But uh, yeah, but uh, yes, welcome along and thank you very much for always listening and uh, and, and have a listen to their podcast. It's a very nice, it's a very good one. Um, he says, "Is there a statute of limitations on the player spotted segment?" No, there is not. We did. We had one featuring Jeff Wheel from the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no statute of limitations. There no. are statutes no. on interestingness, which we will not. Yeah. End on at any which this might fall, point. but well, well, let's find out, shall we? Mm. So, back in around 2004, says mm-hmm. Mike, he says, I had a job working nights at a jet petrol station while doing my A levels. <sighs> jet I mean, petrol stations lovely, don't even exist lovely. anymore, do they? I, I mean, don't I think. don't think. Do you know what? I think there's one in Mountain Ash in Aberdeen, of course, there is. But I think it's, it's literally because it's still right, 1989 in Mountain yeah, Ash, it's still <laughs> indeed, exactly that, yeah. Um. So anyway, when I was doing my levels in Leicester, I was working at a jet petrol station. One Monday evening, in walks none other than the lovable human sphere that is Wales, and at that time, Leicester prop, Darren Morris. Oh, hello. I loved a bit of Darren Morris. An enormous British lion, 2001 British lion, Darren Morris, by the oh, way. Of course he was, yeah. Uh, an enormous bear of a man who actually in space had the vision of Barry John, albeit without the mobility. He did genuinely... He was a Hollywood prop before yeah, yeah, he was a thing. Absolutely. He wants to do the most glorious dummy, outrageous dummy while playing for the Barbarians, Darren Morris. Anyway, he ordered no fuel, says right. uh, says Mike, did Darren, but instead shuffled hurriedly, hurriedly over to the confectionery aisle yes. and used his dinner plate hands as shovels to scoop a pile of Twix, Mars and Snickers onto the counter. He said, yes. picture it. Like a box of celebrations, but actually full size. <laughs> he says, casually getting his wallet out to pay, he possibly mistook my bang on trend straightened hair across one eye to assume that I didn't like sport. When, of course, I actually straddled the line between desperate guitarist for an emo band and appallingly average franker, flanker, like nobody else in the country. I'd seen him play on Saturday, so I said, All right, Darren, that was a good one on Saturday, wasn't it? His face dropped at the recognition, his eyes pleading with desperation, but he quickly mumbled, they're not all for me. And in a manner that sounded like he was trying to convince me, his head coach, and his wife all at the same time. 
He's scraped uh, his guilty plunder into a carrier bag and shuffled away, and I never saw him there again. Well, I mean, is a man not entitled to have as many twixes as he wants? You know, especially a not entitled to the sweat, the sweat of his brow and the twix of his labour. Especially a prop. That's, yeah. that's what exactly what I'd expect to happen. Especially in 2004. Form. Jesus Christ. Especially when you look like Darren Morris. Yeah. He was like an egg on legs. <laughs> but uh, the where do you stand? Are you are you a obviously I mentioned my meal deal because and he mm. says at the end, Mike says, he says, he says, PS Lee, your guilty secret meal deal revelation last week. Um, was spoken with the tone of a man who eagerly side eyes a ginster's passy before deciding his self esteem can't take the hit. Um, <laughs> so obviously, Mike's worked in garages, he's seen the behavior yeah, he's seen of these the, guys, he's, he's seen, seen every he's seen the full fucking gamut of the human condition, there, isn't he? I did respond to him, but I'll say it here again I am not, I am not above nor ashamed to admit that I, I'm not a I've eaten many a cold steak slice in my car. Oh, same, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll I'll have a cold fucking wall sausage roll any day of the week. Are you a regular? If you're in the petrol station, just for just because you're there, you grab something and mm-hmm. eat it. Because I'm terrible for it. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, yeah, uh, you know they they put those fucking big grab bags of fucking minstrels and shit there for a reason, don't they? And that reason bu- is to I'm catch out people like me. I'm a bugger for a lion bar duo, which is a shit thing to buy when you think about it. But I can't, I can't stop myself. And it's always going to be the duo, a boost duo as well, which is really, actually, really badly priced. You're paying like one forty for something, (laughs) and if you got two, no, no, like you realise in McDonald's, if you buy two burgers, it's one pound ninety. If you buy a Big Mac, it's three and a half quid. But it's the same thing. There's, there's there's a branding issue there where they've they've convinced you that a duo is somehow worth more when actually you just you are basically getting two fun size boosts for the price of like two boosts. But my door it's... wallets, man, are a disgrace of like <laughs> hastily eating wrappers. I've got a spa yeah. about half a mile down the road from me, which I drive mm-hmm. to if I have to nip and get something, which is a, a disgrace, by the way. And then I'll manage to squ- I'll manage to scoff a lion bar duo on the way home. Absolutely. Part I mean, one of the duo walk into the car, part two of the duo <laughs> in the half a mile back to the house. Yeah, I mean I've done that. I've done it. I've done I've done worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm, I'm not ready to share it just now, but I've definitely done worse than that. No, I'm just trying to think like I've been to the, the M and S near my house, which is Posh knacking. I like it. Yeah, which is like half a mile, just you know, to get some bits. But then on the way back, even though I've bought a load of unhealthy things, I'll fucking, I'll eat a fucking donut or something in the car just on the way home. I'm like, what are you doing? You absolute animal of a man. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm terrible for just because I can't I think because I'm locked in a lot now. Just a chance to get out. That's like yeah, <laughs> going to a club or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? But By I can way, easily do like half a dozen donuts. From a bag. Oh god, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's so much one, as a bar you leave. Yeah. If there is one thing that that will be my downfall in terms of a you know massive coronary, it's probably donuts at some point <laughs> in my life. Like that point where donuts make you feel a bit hungover. Like crispy ever like crispy cream. You eat your crispy cream donut and you feel hungover about twenty minutes well, later. Just, just regular glaze. Oh yeah, just regular glaze. If you go for the fancy glaze or the sprinkles, you'll be hungover in twenty minutes. Oh, they're too much, then. They're too Raspberry much. Glaze they're... I can do. That's as far as it goes. All that fucking Biscoff shit can fuck off. It's not good. It's too much. It's too sweet. There's too much sugar. There's such a thing in life as too much sugar, and I found it 
and it made me feel like I got coronavirus, but I wasn't like just eating too many donuts. The Spard on the road here, which is also a garage, um, not a jet one. Um, they, um, I mean, that's... you took you took you said that jets don't exist anymore. I've been on the jet store locator. Recently, oh well, are uh, they all and, over the uh, shop? Well, I can tell you that not only are they all over the shop, but there is one in Clandidno. Uh, there is one in uh, a place called uh, Buckley, just outside of. Uh, no Buckley, so where Chester. I saw the charlatans last week. <laughs> Indeed, in and uh, one in a jet though. And one in Malpas. So, you know, the Malpas Colwyn Bay one is uh, Broadway, Mostyn Broadway service station. So I assume that's part of a motorway services oh. shenanigans. But yeah, there's fucking shitloads of them. There isn't one in Aberdeer, so that must be a different brand from the past. Um, but there is one in Newport, uh, in Pontier. So, but that's the only one in South Wales. All this could South be a Wales. new low even for us. I'll be honest. <laughs> Telling people where there's jet service where there's jets. is, is, is I mean, a new low basic, even for us. Basically, Central, uh, Midlands, and North East England, fucking shitloads. Southwest, absolute fucking graveyard of the jets. Yes. Yeah, so there you go. Um, yeah, I went to the Charlatans in Buckley a couple of weeks ago at the TIV, which yeah. is mad. I thought, what the fuck are they doing playing here? Thousand-seat venue. Played all the hits, though, banging. That's what you want, isn't it? And a load of like, you know, men in about my age and older who'd obviously taken cocaine for the first time in 50, 15 years or something, having a fight. But that's, that's to be I mean, expected. I mean, that's what happens when you get those sorts of gigs these days. Just overstimulated, both emotionally and doing, chemically yeah. overstimulated. There's a lot of people doing a lot of things that they haven't done in a lot of long time. So, yeah. Okay. Yes. So thank you, Mike. That was a belter. It was. I love this. Props surreptitiously eating a shitload of chocolate is is where it's at. <laughs> I've never related more to a professional rugby player, to be honest. And in a way, we're getting lots of jet feedback in the comments. I'm not reading it <laughs> out. Jet, I'm not, I'm not three jets in East Lothian, apparently. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So, actually, the weird thing is, Mike, that was quite an interesting player spotted, even though it was, it was. about... But it did we lead to probably the most boring it, section. Yeah, we managed to take done. it yeah. in a more... Yeah, one of... The, Truly, one of our most boring, like, <laughs> segues and that we've ever had. Oh, it's sorry, it's a golf. It's not a, seen one of them in, for a few years at all. Exactly, that's the one I'm thinking about. That's uh, I like going to Spain and seeing all the Repsol ones. Oh, you really yeah, feel like you're holiday then, don't you? Yeah, and all the ones, all the various few like oil companies, what used to sponsor like Formula One cars and probably still do, but I don't care about Formula One anymore. Yeah. Love it. Right, that's that. Thank you. If you have a player spotted, you can send it to leahbloodandmud.com or on the DMs or indeed on the Patreon messaging service if you are so uh, so oh, yes. inclined. Um, shall we do some news? I think we better add. Yeah. You can't just sit here talking about fucking golf and jet for another 30 minutes. Yeah, so they tell us. Yeah, so we didn't do that. What have you got? Um... The uh, well, Chris Ashton's finally left Worcester, which we've we've been trailing this for yeah. some time now, and uh, yeah, it seems like Steve Diamond turning up at six ways, uh, basically just instantly got the expected result, which is him fucking off with immediate effect. Um, genuinely, one of the weirdest signings in recent Premiership history, I think, 
He made no sense at the time. Uh, he got a red card immediately and then never played again. And now he's gone. And where will he end up? That's the question. Because what was he now? 34, I want to say? Something like that. Something like that. You kind of want, like, because they wouldn't bother, like, buying him out of his contract now. Unless there was... <laughs> One of the reasons was, and his commute from Northampton was a bugger. <laughs> so basically, he's, it's like a big lolly. He's had these injuries, and his commute from yeah. Northampton was, a, honestly, it was a right pain for him. So <laughs> managed to commute to Harlequins quite easily, though. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just a quick shot down the M1, I guess. But I um, guess. yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, was he commuting to fucking sale from Northampton as well? If so, Jesus. Yeah, because obviously you have to assume was he, his home was, was... He comm- was he commuting to Toulon from Northampton? Isn't that why that didn't pan out? <laughs> helicopter. Bujalal sent his <laughs> airwolf over there to pick him Absolutely up. Absolutely, he did. Um, I just, yeah, you surely, where does he go now? Like, he's got to have something lined up. Or he's just <laughs> so much of a fucking nightmare to have around the place that they just want to get rid of him in a sort of Danny Cipriani Gloucester kind of way. I wonder if they t- turn up on the media. I think he might be a kind of idiot savant media type. I mean, he's quite, he's weirdly good value whenever he turns up on the Channel 4 stuff. But I feel like that partly might be because it's in such small doses Yeah, that I feel like, as with a lot of ex-players, they would run out of interesting things to say after about half a season. Maybe. Who knows? And, it's weird. Fucking Tom Shanklin out of a job, though, has it? Certainly fucking Christ almighty. Hasn't kept Shane Williams out Absolutely of a job. Absolutely Holy Robin. fucking shit. Robin a living. Martin Lewis <laughs> said that when he, he lived with Danny Kerr when he was at Quinn's, Imagine that. Oh, there's a sitcom I'd like to see. It's oh, a meeting of minds, isn't it? <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, fair play. So fourth, like, let's let's do the maths here. Like, he played one season in Toulon, um, in 2016, 2017, uh, 2017-18, Sorry, then he left for sale in 2018-19. Then he uh, 2018, he was there for like 18 months, but left mid-season. On the second of March, twenty twenty. On the fourth of March, he joined Harlequins, and then on the twenty fifth of January this year, he was granted early release and joined Worcester. And now, yeah, less than a year. It's getting a bit like the sort of Mourinho thing, where where whatever this cycle is that he does is getting quicker and quicker each time. I mean, does he just go back to rugby league for a bit? They like, won't have surely. It. You think? I think he's. What would, I don't think they would. He's, 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 some, he's, he's not. Gonna be, he's not going to be box office, and he can't tackle. So yeah, that is a problem, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you can understand people signed Gareth Thomas because he was defensively sound and a bit box office. I get that. Yeah, that made sense. Yeah, even Wigan like signed Andy Powell. Powell. That made less sense, probably because he's got the same. <laughs> yeah, but brain again, capacity. at least at least Andy Powell could tackle, and he. Got the same brain capacity of most of the people that live there, so yeah, that was a... it. Was broadly the same. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, he's, he's presumably not going to fuck off to Japan. Because, that might be something you know, for him. They'd have him there, yeah. wouldn't they? Six months in Japan, I think he'd enjoy it, but it's come too late now. You can't commute seasons... from Northampton to Japan, Josh. Come on. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it, I can't imagine what he's going to do next that necessitates him being let go now, unless they really are just fucking really sick of him. Do you think Dimes like demanded a meeting with him just to like, have it as well? <laughs> I think that's exactly what happened. It's like Jonathan Thomas has been ignoring him for six months and hoping yeah. he gets the message, and then Dimes is there for like three days, and he's like, right. <laughs> How can I put this delicately, Chris? I want you to do two things for me. Get the fuck away from me and stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think the passage of time would have mellowed all this, <laughs> but it hasn't. Now, fuck off. <laughs> oh, that's uh, a good point. Martin Lewis says he's currently looking for a Tongan or Samoan grand- great-grandparents. Has he got any <laughs> Has he got any non-English uh, grandparents that he could hilariously switch allegiances to? I don't think anybody in Tier 2. I wouldn't have thought so. doesn't have to be Tier 2, though. Scotland is trying to nick what's his face, the Aussie at Glasgow. So, you know. I mean, to me, hey, look, we've taken a piss out of Scotland a bit over the years, but they're definitely not <laughs> so low in wing or fullback. Oh, no. I'm not spot. saying that they, he would find a, you know, that Scotland would be interested in. I'm just saying that Scotland are after uh, what's his face, the uh, Warriors flanker who used to play for the Wallabies. Dempsey. His name is just, uh, yeah, you know, and so in, uh, why can't he find a, a Georgian parent, grandparent, distant relation. Whoever's in England's group in the World Cup, basically, should just sign him with shits and giggles. I can't wait for um, Justin Tippett to turn up for Croatia in like, yeah. the European Tier 7 Shield. Yeah. 43 year old Justin Tippett turns out he's <laughs> still the best player on the park. <laughs> yeah. Giving like Alan Bateman energy all over the place. He's still the fittest and hardest I man still, on the park. That's the thing, though. I still I feel like Tips is gonna like in his later career is gonna have that that big old clamp energy where he's just like, oh, yeah. I'll just keep playing. Like maybe I won't play professionally anymore, but I will literally die with a rugby ball in my yeah. hand and my blue scrum cap on. Yeah. Forty-eight years old, still first team for my tag, basically. <laughs> Exactly. Well, yeah. You no, know, he'll be back at Trabanos and he'll be playing at every Trabanos, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's probably a you're terrible probably, thing to say. I might take big rivals for Trabanos. So I don't understand Actually, that. I, don't, I played I'm all not. my rugby in East, South, East <laughs> Wales. I don't know what the, what the West side of it is. I mean, yeah, you've probably mortally offended everyone from Trabanos, but Trabanos is tiny. So <laughs> probably have, yeah. 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 It's like the other week when I said that um, Tame Basham had a Newport accent and he's from Talwain and. It was going to really upset everybody, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. What other news have we got? That's Chris Ashton, then. Loads. Off he goes. That, that was off a fucking long run-up, wasn't it? That news. I mean, that, has been, that has been trailed. If we're talking about seeding news stories, that, news story, that story has been seeded for about five or six separate news cycles. Yeah. It'll um, be interesting. I'll be interested to see where he ends up next, because I will be. Glasgow Warriors have told Exeter to fuck off with all their shit. Yeah, where they can stick their racist dressing up, which is in the bin, should they attempt to enter the ground with it on. Um, oh, Kellogg put his name to it as well, but like the Wasps guy. He did. So this is not yeah. what we want, yeah. Fair dues. Yeah. The end is nigh. It's wonderful. Oh, absolutely. You know, they've played a worldie, but like, why stop? Obviously, this is the right thing to do. Hmm. It's a, you know... 
and I hope that more clubs, because, you know, Bath have did it, you know, Bath weren't quite as sort of vociferous in their opposition to it as Glasgow have been, but, you know, Glasgow have had a lot of people sort of amongst their fan base and amongst the Scottish rugby fraternity, you know, holding them to account for it, and so rightly so. But I say, why stop with just Exeter's fancy dress? Just... Let's invoke Disneyland rules. Nobody over the age of 12 should be allowed to play dress-up, racist or otherwise, at a sporting event. You're an adult. You don't need to dress up in fancy dress. Support your sports team. Grow up. You can dress up like pretending to be a fucking rugby player like everybody else does by wearing replica jerseys. All right? Yeah, I mean... (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Sorry. Let's just um, not forget that fancy dress is completely shit. Yeah. And anytime anybody terrible. asks me to get involved in it, I'm like, no, I go all dimes and Chris Ashton on it. Same. Absolutely not. And I'm not engaging in it <laughs> at all. I've turned I I am I am the guy who turns up not in fancy dress to fancy dress parties. Yeah. And I'm, like, I haven't, I'm, not, I'm not even asked. Yeah. I haven't turned up in when was the last time I tried and... the last time I wore fancy dress was probably about ten or twelve years ago. And I was told to come as one of my heroes, and so I just wore a Barbarians rugby jersey and told everyone that I was JPR Williams because I had long hair at that time. Wonderful. I will put in the base bare minimum of effort, if any at all, and I'll I'll hate you for it. Yeah. Just don't. Just stop it. You don't need to dress up. Some people say that makes me miserable, and some people, yeah. If that's the case, I'm quite happy to be the most miserable Same. person on earth. Absolutely, right there with you. And the clothes are always shit, and they itch, yeah. and you don't you want to be out of them as soon as you can. And you get thrown in the bin, so it's really bad for the environment. Because like, I think the yeah. last time the last time I went to Fantasy was probably about fifteen years ago, when I went to one of their medieval banquet things mm-hmm. at Rithin Castle in North Wales. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I, I I really did the least I could possibly could. I went as a monk. So I just put a brown yeah. thing over my head, yeah, with my clothes underneath. It was like it was really weird. It was it was a medieval banquet thing with people singing and people dressed up and shit. And then afterwards, it was a disco karaoke, <laughs> just like as as they did in medieval times. <laughs> just as yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. So we did that. So uh, I just whipped off the old monk thing and just had my jeans yeah. and a shirt Absolutely. underneath. I went. I once in university went to a Halloween party, which was mandatory fancy dress and um, mandatory. Who's making them rules? I mean, there was no referendum on that, was there? Uh, absolutely, it was awful. But um, yeah, I was like, well, I don't like fancy dress, and I don't really want to go in fancy dress. So it was like, you know what? Well, I'm going to go as Mick Jagger from the Dancing in the Street video, and yes. you can go as David Bowie. I was like, he had well, a big Mac, fucking... did he? And you had... uh, well, I had a bit. I think I had a Big Mac, um, which was actually an old lady's uh, mohair coat that I found in a charity shop. And I, I was like, wore the Mac. I mean, we might well have got this all messed up. <laughs> maybe I was being, maybe I was being Jagger. Oh yeah, he was being Bowie. I was being Jagger. So yeah, I wore the stupid Mac, but it was actually a mohair lady's coat, and I refused to wear anything else. And I was like, well, I'm done now. And everyone thought I was coming to Del Boy, and I was like, yeah, fine, whatever, sure. Yeah, it's just utterly shit. Yeah. Down with this sort of thing. <laughs> I remember I remember going into the charity shop to buy this old lady's mohair coat. 
which um, I was just like, I was like, this is this is the only thing that fits me and is the right color. Was it? Was, um, it, I was, gonna say, was, it, was it at least the right color? Was it was it the right color, and it was long, color, yeah. and it was right. it was long, so it was about as good as it was going to get. And you're and like over six like, foot for like a fucking exactly. woman's coat. That must have been exactly. a hell of a size of a woman. I mean, yeah, she whoever she was, she was a. a, a Impressive a strapping lady, lady, whoever she was, indeed. However, I took it to the counter and I was like, "How much is this?" And she was like, "That's uh, twenty-five pounds." And I was like, "You fucking kidding me?" <laughs> and she was like, "That's that's Jaeger or Jager or whatever it is, don't you know?" And I was like, "I don't care. I'm going to bring it back tomorrow. It's just a fucking party thing. I'll give you a tenner for it." And she was like, "All right." I'm going to bring it back tomorrow, covered in Guinness covered and cider and black, in drink and sick and all sorts. <laughs> it's going to stink of fags, but. <laughs> and I will demand that you give me the money back. And do you know what? I never did because the charity shop was quite a long walk away from my house. <laughs> and so when I moved out of that house about nine months later, I just left the ladies' mohair coat hanging up in my wardrobe for the next occupant to enjoy slash for the next occupant away. to pretend to be David Bowie in a video. With. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, so it's all very good news. Down with that sort Excellent of thing news. generally. Down with that sort of thing when it's racist in particular. And well yeah. done for Glasgow for saying, look, fucking sorry. Yeah. Our friends at the Scottish look. Rugby blog, of course, podcast. Yeah. Um, did uh, write an open, open letter, letter to them. Yeah. You know, it says also Glasgow have not just said, don't wear your silly dressing up. They've also said, please don't do that awful racist song either, which is a double good, I think. And more of this sort of thing. Yes. Time for clubs to really put their fucking. You hands feel up the dominoes are starting to fall now, don't you? Well, yeah, it's, it's like if, it, if, if it. yeah, if if you're expecting an ex, if you're a fan of a club, and ex Chiefs are going to play against your club soon, I would certainly send a letter to somebody and ask them yeah. to have a policy on it because it's and kind it of time to really handle. Pisses loads of knobheads off when you do it. Just do it for it that really reason. Does. Yeah, that, if nothing else, just enjoy. Do it to piss off the knobheads and don't engage in discussion with them. It's hilarious. <laughs> enjoy the rolling boil of piss that you're generating <laughs> without ever engaging with it. Yes. So, yeah, well done, Glasgow. Um, what else have we got news-wise, Josh? Um, well, over in the women's game, um, mm. Irish women's rugby continues to be a fucking mess. Yes. Um, so today, uh, 59 current and former Ireland players have written an open letter to the Irish government, uh, to the sports minister in question, um, in particular, I should say, uh, claiming that they've lost all trust and confidence in the IRFU its leaders, and its leadership after historic failings uh, and is requesting that the government intervene to help safeguard the future of women's rugby, which... And then the IRFU came back and basically put out a sniffy statement saying know your place women's there are things going on um which excuse but, me men are talking in the independent yeah, review that was basically we've got two independent reviews going why can't you just shut up and wait until we've had one of those completely ignoring honestly the fact that, never stop yeah. with this this is half the reason why you know yeah they're completely forgetting that anthony eddie basically Fucking blamed all the players for yeah. Ireland's failure to qualify for the World Cup while these things were going on anyway. So it's not like they've been keeping fucking shum about it. And the Irish government has, re- has responded and basically said, yeah, maybe we do need to have a look at this because, <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 just a fucking I mean, mess, how bad man. have you got to be for a government to think that you're bad? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, re- just, it's just so fucking 
like unedifying. And you know, when you look at the flip side of what's happening with the women's game, like everywhere else, um, yeah, it's awful, isn't it? Really, it's just really embarrassing for Irish rugby that this sort of shit is that they're having to go to the. You know, why are fucking? Why is it in the? You know, hands of the players themselves to have to write to the government and go, can you fucking sort their shit out, please? Like, oh, yeah, just unbelievably frustrating. But yeah, hopefully this will create something. Um, yeah, the two ministers that they think they're seeking a meeting with the IRFU and considering the letter from the current former players of the utmost seriousness, uh, according to a recent statement. So, yeah, good on them. Elsewhere in women's rugby. In England, yes, not all bad news. There's been a um, a W Women's Players Association set up. Yes. Yeah, which, let's face it, not a moment too soon because we all read all that stuff about what was being done in terms of contracts and stuff with the women's game. It was the fucking Wild West, and it was appalling and remains appalling. So, yeah. We've got some issues with the RPA from a men's point of view. I know this isn't the RPA, but if you go down this road, but we've got some issues with the RPA, but they are undoubtedly better than not having a union at all. Yes, it's exactly the right, you know. So the WPA is professional, it's exactly the moment to organise and unionise and ensure that they do get treated fairly by the powers that be because they aren't at the moment, clearly. And, as you said, we don't like the men. <laughs> you know, the RPA is fucking useless because it's funded by the people that they're supposed to be standing up to. So hopefully the women's game will learn some lessons from that. Hopefully. But anyway, an undeniable well, good news thing. and a good step and, fur- and yes. further evidence of the professionalisation of the women's game fully, which is really good. So... Indeed, and we'll hopefully see less of that. You know, when when, when fucking Alicia Butcher's had to crowdfund her ankle surgery because Bristol's insurance was so shit that they paid for for the women last year. Yeah, let's hope that sort of thing never happens again. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Leinster have had to postpone training as a mm. precaution because of COVID outbreak. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's feeling like things are getting to a. <laughs> No more. Like they're going to have to start cancelling sport again soon, aren't they? I'm glad I, you know, made myself a remote control automaton of Bill Gates the other week by having my booster done. So, indeed, you've done your part. I'm getting my booster on Friday, which fair play, fair, which I booked this morning. So fair play to the NHS in that regards because they've clearly they're doing it very very quickly. But uh, yeah, I've run out of LFTs it's... as well. You can't order any lateral flow tests. No. <laughs> Exactly, which is going to make going to sporting events that little bit more complicated because, of course, they've brought in various extra rules. Oh, hello. They'll be worth a a fortune on the black market, but they'll be like bog rolling LFTs. Yeah, so that's so we'll see what happens. When they always say it's just a precaution, you you know it's going to get worse in the next 48 hours, don't you? Yeah, the thing, when they say, oh, we did it as a precaution, it's like, yeah, there's going to be a whole lot of positive tests in that squad in the next 24 to 48 hours. Luckily, they can just 3D print a load of clones for Saturday. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as they've, you know, as Munster proved, they can just get any old fuckers in there and just tell them that they're Leinster players and they'll be fine. So... But, um... No, I mean we hope everybody's we'll okay. Come on to that, obviously. Indeed, obviously. It, but yeah, but uh, yeah. Anything else in the news? Um, Jury Roo, the uh, chief of 
South African rugby um, has lost his appeal against the ruling that he'd misappropriated nearly two million quid um, when he worked in the finance department of uh, Stellenbosch University, and that's just what he'd been ordered to repay. Um, he sort of, yeah, he was found to have mucked about with the financial accounting software between two thousand and two and two thousand and ten, and helped himself to thirty-seven million rand, which seems like a lot. Um, <laughs> he obviously appealed that, and then has now failed. And somehow, despite being, you know, found guilty of nicking nearly two million quid, uh, he's not resigning because admitting your mistakes and showing shame and contrition is not apparently in the SA Rugby Handbook anymore. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see if the SA Rugby Council, which uh, is going to meet next year, has got the balls to sack him um, or whether they're just going to go, you know what, <laughs> you're just carrying on the sort of the vibe of styling things out in the face of evidence that we really rely on. Um, yeah, quite remarkable, really. Like, imagine getting done for nicking two million quid, or misappropriating two million quid, and See, not going, and not quitting. If, and if you're going to nick two million quid, you should just fuck off with it. I never yeah. understand these people who <laughs> nick stuff and Dis- stick around. Disappear, yeah, disappear to the fucking Central America or something. Because if you're not going to nick stuff, you've got to literally nick enough so you never have to work again. And you can disappear, yeah, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, you'd have been better off nicking like a hundred million rand and disappearing off the face of the earth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you know. Anyway, disappearing we'll onto see. Premier Sports, and nobody could ever see you again. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah. So it remains to see. You know, he has obviously been one of Razzie's biggest uh, defenders and supporters over the last twelve months. So uh, yeah, just a, a real. Another God, remember we all liked South Africa. It was a long time ago now. Yet another extremely endearing episode in the history of South Africa. (laughs) I can't wait for the Chasing the Sun follow up, man. It's going to be (laughs) quite a watch. Chasing the Rand by the sounds of it. Come on. Um, Right, so there you go. That any more? Oh, England sevens of everyone, 16 players have got sevens contracts in England. Yes. Which is helpful because they've got a sevens team that they need to have some players for, I suppose. Um, yes, and uh, Joe Schmidt's apparently going to be joining the All Blacks in what is almost certainly not a voice of a vote of confidence in Ian Foster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's replacing Grant Fox uh, on the AB's selection panel, which seems very funny because it's 2022 nearly and the All Blacks still have a selection panel. They can say Grant Fox. When was he last yeah. involved in anything? Well, it's just like, why do you need a selection? Surely the coach could just do that. I don't know. I don't get it. Anyway, Schmidt is going to move from running world rugby's head injury reduction stuff to running the all blacks which maybe you'll find a not... complete reversal in this in the in the strange <laughs> interpretations of head injury maybe. protocols now maybe say what that's obviously what what the all blacks need is somebody to come in and tell them exactly where to stand and behave like complete <laughs> Bunch of automatons, yeah. Yeah, I read. I, did you read that they, thing? They where... need to enjoy their camps less. That's what they need to do. <laughs> did you see that thing where the All Blacks were saying about how like they were really like heartened by the like they were really encouraged by how good their pick and go game had been in the second half against France, and they sort of see that as like something they want to really build on going forward. And it's like seriously, like Scotland the in the two thousands. It's exactly like Scotland have taken. The Scotland in the early 2000s blueprint, and they've gone, no, that's, that's for the All Blacks, this is now. We're just going to go around the corner over and over and over again, and then something will happen. 
Things you haven't Fucking heard for years Blacks, that we man. said. Things like, look at the body position on the pick and go there. Things that nobody <laughs> says anymore. Oh, who knows? Maybe they're, they're pointing the ways of the future. I doubt it, though. No. So any more news or is that it? I think that is it. A lot of news this week. A lot of news. Yeah, indeed. Um, trying to get all out for Christmas and then we'll chill out after that. Yeah, hopefully. Okay, so that is the end of the news. So we now go to talk about the weekend and say ta-ta to our non-patron listeners. And we did say this was going to happen, so don't blame us. If you want to not be said ta-ta to, go and sign yourselves up. So see you all in a bit. Right, that's the end of the weekend, everybody. Yes. So that brings our non-patrons back amongst us. So thank you very much. You are very welcome. Should we do shit good to finish off this little caravan of wonders? Yeah. Uh, let's do shit first, shall we? What have you got? Um, Welsh teams. <laughs> There's this period between September and December, right, every year, where if you if you're lucky, you can broadly convince yourself that you're all right. And then Europe comes around, and you're reminded that Welsh club rugby is just light years behind everybody else and every underfunded year that goes by makes it more obvious. So, yeah, good. I love Europe, me. It's because of the league, though, Josh. That's what the problem is. Yeah, They haven't got the structures and the pathways. So that's the problem. <laughs> uh, Mike Swinson gets in touch. He said, shit, his Omicron means working from home again. I've never really stopped, apart from a day Same. or two here and there. Um, he says, but good as it's nearly Christmas and I can spend more time at home. Indeed. I think we should all look on the bright side of these things if we can. In the comments, David Quarrell says it's shit that Kevin Sinfield's not on the Sports sports Personality of the Year shortlist. That's because that's beneath him. It is. He's, I mean, he wants the actual knighthood that we all assumed he was. He already yeah. had, quite frankly. I wanted to be awarded Super Lord Mega Chief of Gold of the Universe. Yeah. That's the only thing that's acceptable now. Just make him the heir apparent to the throne of England. Yes. And just, you know, go some, you know, watch that fucking Tudor Bastards program, whatever it is. Yes. Take a leaf out of their book. Um, Dave McGee gets in touch. He says, shit, is BT constantly referring to how English teams struggle to adapt to referee interpretations, ignoring the fact that every game had a neutral ref. Bizarre. Yeah, weird. Andy Bradshaw says, shit, is all this hilarity over Harry Potter falling down a pitch-side concrete bear trap? Don't what get me wrong. What the fuck was... is that doing by the pitch? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Real funny. It was, like... but then you... It's that thing where you laugh out loud and go, I'm going to be no fucking hell, is he all right? Because it's... <laughs> <laughs> the best part about it was when he couldn't get back out. And, and he the sort face of, of the had... guy in the crowd. Yes. But the fact that he had to... he sort of did that, like hurrying but I'm trying to look casual jog as he realised that he had to run all the way down to the end of the touchline and then come up some little steps was very funny very bizarre but Andy continues it's not the first time it's happened at that ground it can't be that hard just to put a fucking lid on it yeah yeah surely they can just put a grate there and like then there isn't as as a pure slapstick comedy moment it was great seeing somebody disappear yes for all the you know, for all the clever comedy that's out there, there is still nothing funnier than a Dell boy falling through the bar incident. 100%. But in rugby, yeah, when you don't expect to see someone disappear and they do, 
It's funny. Uh, Matthew on this subject as well says shit is that the Harry Potter shtick that BT Sports with Phil Harry is with every match until he either retires or they lose their rights. Even carried on with the Bants in the Quinns game. Genuinely. Yeah, he's got, I mean, seriously, I mean, how old is this winger? Like, he's quite he young. Was born he was well after, well after the first book came out, is my guess. Uh, he, no, not the actual Harry Potter, the rugby one, Google, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's 23, so he's, yeah. And when was the first was, book out? Mid-90s? Yeah, he's born in 1997. Harry Potter was definitely successful by then, surely. Or it was right on the sort of cusp of it being popular. Because so if it it's... was out after the first couple of books came out... Oh, same year. Oh, see, that's unfortunate oh, that's for him. that's maybe acceptable then, but that's very yeah. unfortunate for him, isn't it? Because if it had been a couple of years after that, about, yeah. his parents are entirely to blame. And, and 100%, just, yeah, yeah. It's the, Lou Reed. For it, but... it's the Lou Reed thing. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. Lou Reed's parents knew exactly what they were doing when they called him Lou Reed. And yeah, <laughs> what else we got? That shit. Mike Swinson says that shit is uh, the Quinn's European kit. Not a shit, yeah. Today's one, though, is it? I mean, I imagine they're both a kind of muddy green with orange on, aren't they? Yeah, I find the Quinn's one more offensive because it's got camo on it. <laughs> and I find any I find all pretending to be in the army rugby kits and sports kits like general, all that rugby really warfare funny. merch. Hundred percent that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like any any sort of stolen valor bollocks on rugby teams and or all sports that fucking, teams in general can fuck that off. Horrible Memorial Week NFL shit you can get. I mean, let's talk about all of the fucking poppy shagging rugby kits that appear every single. Can you fucking buy them year. though? Yeah. Can you? And they and not a lot of it goes to the fucking a, a, a depressingly small amount and a shockingly goes small to the amount legion. Yeah. goes to the legion and most of it goes to the club. The dragons, right, released their poppy shagging kit this year, right, and <laughs> no, they didn't. Ha- I don't think they had a game in November, or they maybe had. They had like because of obviously the autumn and everything. They didn't actually have a game until like lot well. The last it must have been the last weekend of November was their first league game back that they wore it against Edinburgh. And I think that was either like the twenty eighth of November or maybe even like the fifth of maybe something. But yeah, like memor like it's not Memorial Month. <laughs> it's like you like if you're gonna wear something like that, wear it on the day. And if you haven't got a game in that day, don't try and fucking needlessly profit off people wanting to fucking support the Royal British Legion by plastering fucking poppies all over your kit and then giving them a little fucking... giving them two quid off every shirt or whatever. I don't know how much it was. I made that up. But, like, yeah, fuck that. That can go with my shit as well, actually. All of that. My dad did six years in the army. He did two tours in Northern Ireland and was blown up by the IRA. He survived, but he was blown yeah. up by the IRA. He was in the Guildford pub bombing, my dad. And, uh, and he um, doesn't wear a poppy. And not 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 through any um, principal stand. He just... He's just not that arse and doesn't pay a great deal of attention to it, and that, which is not, which is not to say that every veteran is like that. But I think it's the Absolutely idea that's intensely disrespectful to maybe just not bother someone or or whatever is a 
is a bit of a joke, really. But then again, it's people who usually aren't veterans who get so het up about this stuff, isn't it? Usually, not I mean, that I know veterans want you know a lot of veterans do wear poppies and stuff, but I've said it before. I can't remember if I said even said it on this podcast or not. But it was when the BBC made the Cookie Monster wear one on <laughs> that uh, is yes <laughs> on the one show. That was when I felt like collectively the symbol has lost its power and lost its significance and is now just being done for reasons of political correctness and nonsense. If anybody listening doesn't follow the, if you're on Twitter and don't follow Mascot Minute Silence, it is one of the greatest Twitter accounts you will ever see. Um, Which includes, and there's one photo of, of Parky Pig, the former Lee rugby mascot, at a funeral. Now that's obviously the guy was obviously a huge Lee fan, but it's still it's it's still kind of tragic and comic all at the same time. Indeed, and I'd also remember um, Giant Poppy Watch as well, which is Gi- a very, yes. which especially in November <laughs> is one of my favourite accounts for showing how fucking hat stand mental Great Britain is. It's just become a um, an arms race now, ironically, as yeah. it is. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it's become a thing. It's become wrapped up in all sorts of unpleasant shit, which is yeah. in the. Uh, However, like at the it. end of it all, they don't ask to it's, go, and they no. should give them something to help them out when they've come back. Absolutely. So you know what I mean. Um, I give you know, I I raise some money. I continue to raise some money for combat stress because I think it's a fucking you know, they don't ask to go. Indeed. So fuck no. Anything that helps is fine. Um, right, so. Bath Bites gets in touch. He says, shit, is hearing that Leinster were disappointed with their performance and felt like they were sloppy <laughs> and left a lot of points on the field. He says, good, thank fuck for that, quite frankly. Uh, yeah, I mean, got, it, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. For Bath. No. <laughs> and I think that's, that's about the best you could expect. That's a victory for Bath at the moment, yeah. Uh, James Gork, Roger, here come the Wasp fans, look. It says shit is poit engaging in pig poit. I was fine with it. Enjoyed it. <laughs> Robert Holwell remain says, gonna shit remain. Is the Ospreys opening twenty minutes? And also shit is the Ospreys attack. Yes, as you've as you've mentioned. Blunter, less use than a hammer made out of butter. I mean, yeah. Finally in shit, the rugby referee dad gets in touch. He said, shit is my referee's son, who's 18, and obviously doing his best to be a ref, abused by spectators, players and coaches from the local private rugby playing school. He said, and also oh, shit is the glacially slow RFU disciplinary process to deal with it. He said, however, good is that two local ref societies have withdrawn all their refs from the school's fixtures until they sort it out. I love it. Yeah. Non-violent. Well, I don't love what's happened, but non- no. non-violent direct action is the only way forward. Fuck you, then. Yeah, you can't have a game without the refs. And even though they're shit sometimes, <laughs> you don't have to be dickheads about it. Yeah. As Gandhi would say, I love out like that, mate. Um, <laughs> any, any more shits before I move on? Nah. What's your good, then? Uh, James Botham, right? Yes. Like- We've mentioned I've not it briefly, been, haven't we? But I've we'll... not been hugely complimentary of Jim Botham, right? Because I remain convinced that he's never going to be any better than he is at this very moment, and it's very <laughs> limited. However, what he demonstrated that he is very good at against Toulouse, I think, in probably the best game I've ever seen him play, um, he gets to a ruck and hits a ruck very, very quickly in both attack and defence, and 
when you look at how badly Wales was missing that, Josh Navidi doing that in the autumn, you just think, oh, well, I mean, if you even if he offers absolutely nothing else around the park at all, if he can get to rucks with the speed enough to enable Wales to get quick ball, then maybe there's something in him. Because, yeah, all he did was just smash into every ruck that he was anywhere near with power and pace. And Toulouse just, it fucked with so much Toulouse ball. Because even though they were winning the contact, as soon as they got to ground, Jim, Jim Botham was just there to fucking smash into it. And then usually somebody like Ellis Jenkins or Ollie Robinson was being an absolute pest on top of it. Did the best he could in a really badly retreating pack as well. A couple of yeah. decent carries from the base. Yeah, he picked up from the base. It was his, undoubtedly, I think, his best game I've seen him play as a pro. Uh, good. Lots and lots of people obviously putting good the Glasgow um, thing about Exeter at the weekend. Forward for Indeed. the court. Mary Williams gets in touch. She says, good is that the Women's Rugby Association has been set up. So players will probably be better protect will be properly protected, sorry, from the absolute dog shite of how they're currently treated. Case in point, not having your contract renewed because you're of childbearing age, which is actually something reported has happened. Because it seems that clubs are run by people from the Victorian age. Yeah. Well, I mean Childbearing age. Who uses that fucking term anymore? I mean, Welcome to Rugby Union. What other fucking stuff? You've not I had mean, your contract because you might get dropsy or something. Do you know what I mean? It's... You've got a bout of consumption. Yeah, exactly, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so what else we've got? Joshmas Time gets in touch and says, Gord is taking my six-year-old brother to his first rugby game, Ponty mm-hmm. versus Carmarthen. So also good was him calling Carmarthen Jamaica. Constantly for no reason. <laughs> Glorious. Um, and to the point that a bloke stood by us went, it's fucking Carmarthen quietly to himself and walked <laughs> off. <laughs> Imagine a grown man getting Amazing. worked up with a six year old calling a team <laughs> called Jamaica. <laughs> you can see the confusion though, it's very culturally diverse, Carmarthen. Absolutely. Indeed. I tell you what, Legion Elvis is. Got a lot. I've got a lot on now that he's, <laughs> yes. he's working so, on signals. So, so Jarvis is at Kamada the weekend, was yeah. he? Or Ponty? <laughs> Vivka Marshall gets into it. She says, "Good is we're one day closer to a much needed Christmas break." Yes. Yeah. We'll be here next week, won't we? But I don't, we we don't normally do in between Christmas, do we? We'll, we'll make yeah, a play I don't know. Year. I don't know what I don't know what day it is. I've lost all track. I think of Monday's time. the day after Boxing Day, isn't it? anyway. Christmas Eve's a week on Friday, Lee. Oh, yeah, what yeah. The fuck? Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Obviously, Vibka uh, says that uh, shit is the inexplicable popularity of last Christmas with teenage school children. I've banned it from my classroom. Otherwise, I'd be listening to it almost every lesson from mid-December onwards. onwards. Had to consent to the French version last week, though, as part <laughs> of a not-yet-Christmas truce. Uh Another thing What's teenagers your... love these days yeah. is Careless Whisper by George Michael. Maybe the, the, the big... He's a lovely guy and a talented guy, George, isn't he? Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Was, but he's a, But, yeah, um, it's a funny one. And of all the stuff you'd like by him, Careless Whisper for, like, a 16-year-old seems a weird one. My daughter and all of her mates are into it. My yeah, son was really weird. into it. Weird. I mean, it's a great song, but... Oh, it is, don't get me wrong, yeah, but I yeah, thought yeah. of all the ones that you, you might like. I thought you might like, yeah. I don't know, Fast Love or something, because... Yeah, I'm going to sound like the oldest bloke in the world, you know, but it's got a bit of a, <laughs> got a good beat. 
<laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Genuinely dazzling song, Fast Love by George Michael, by the way. It is a banger. What's your Christmas song of choice, Lee? <sighs> Maybe we should save this to next week if it's gonna if we're gonna be um, um All Alone on Christmas by Darlene Love. Oh I mean all of that Phil Spector Christmas album. Phil Spector, absolute cunt of a man, but Jesus Christ. No, that wasn't on that album. album. That was the it's later one. It was album. in Home Alone, wasn't it? Or Home Alone oh, 2. Of course it was. It's written yeah, by yeah, Steve right. Van Zandt from the E Street Band. Indeed. It does sound like a Spectre-esque one, but it is. Yes. But no, it's a, but a Spectre album is great, as much as easy. Genuine, genuinely awful, awful, but every single fucking But actually, why is it called record? his album? Because it was all the musicians and people singing that did all the stuff, didn't they? He just... Oh yeah, a Christmas, you know, a Christmas it's a Christmas gift to you from Phil Spector, yes. isn't it? Yes. But the 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 gift that he's giving us is Darlene Love, the Renettes, etc. Crystals and uh yeah. Uh, who's the other one? Oh, Bobby Socks and the Blue Jeans. That's the other one on there, isn't it? Jason Isbell's wife's got a Christmas album out this year. Oh yeah. Amanda Sh- well, no, sorry, I shouldn't call her that. Amanda Shires is a musician in her own right, has got a Christmas <laughs> album out. Um <laughs> Everything's a point of reference to Jason Isbell to me. I'm not trying to be that way. But yeah, she's for Christmas, Amanda Shires. It's all new stuff created apart from one that's a cover. A couple of good stuff on there. Yeah, it's worth a listen if you want something new for Christmas. Guilty Pleasure for Christmas, One More Sleep by Leona Lewis. I like that one. Nice. i I got to be honest. I do like uh, Elton John's Step Into Christmas. Yeah, it's not bad, that, is it? Second tier, but it's probably all right. It's second, yeah. thing, it's second tier, so it doesn't get played as much as the big fucking dogs do. And yet when you hear it, you're like, you know what, this is all right. This is fine. Like You're, you're saying the Christmas thing, it's just made me remember I was, you shouldn't laugh, but I was pissing myself laughing. That as, who was it for the Ospreys who was limping off holding their arm and looked like they'd broken the shoulder? Was it Cuthbert? Uh, possibly. Yeah. Whoever it was was going off, obviously, and um, they and they were blasting simply having a wonderful Christmas time out. Uh, yes, uh, that that did make me laugh as well. I was like, well, yeah. this is really probably clangingly <laughs> inappropriate, isn't it? Are they having Are they having a wonderful Christmas time? <laughs> He's really? literally his arms dangling by a thread here. And you're... <laughs> um. James Brown's Funky Christmas as well is a... a I can't a say I've listened to that too, but I can imagine oh, exactly what that's good. like. But yeah, yeah. Santa Claus Goes Straight to the Ghetto. Absolutely fucking banging team. The best Christmas song that sounds like it's about Christmas but isn't actually about Christmas is Backdoor Santa. Have you heard that one? <laughs> no, I haven't. Like Clarence, what's his name? It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a Muscle Shoals one. It's basically about a feather who goes around having a bit of How's Your Father with... With mm-hmm. wives when the husbands I mean, are I mean, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah James, James Brown's Funky Christmas, or uh, yeah, I think there's, there's he's got about four Christmas albums, James Brown, but I think they're basically has. all the same songs. If there was money to be made, James was there, absolutely. And my terrible, terrible man by on so many levels, horrendous dickhead. Um, however, the interview that he gives um when he is clearly absolutely off his tits on cocaine on cnn <laughs> where he says that he looks good he feels good and he makes love good uh it's genuinely one of the funniest things you'll ever see in your life and go immediately to youtube and look at it right now there's a clip of him uh from the 70s in that period where he's got his, his slightly curtainsy hair massive yeah. tash yeah 
that like jumpsuit he wears, but with the you know where it, uh, the Freddie Mercury type cutout. Oh yeah, yeah, chest yeah. out. And he's basically just doing the spinning and the drop splits and back up. Probably about sixty by this time. Yeah, and it's just it's just remarkable. But a terrible human being. Genuinely awful human being, but I, I cannot stress this enough. Please, please go to YouTube and look for it. I think it's in late 80s. And it's shortly after he'd got fucking done for or he'd got been arrested people. for shooting people. <laughs> yeah. Like, or shooting, just shooting guns around people. He didn't necessarily shoot yeah. them, did he? No, but I'm, I'm going to put a photo up now of what he looks like in it. There he goes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. safety is. goggles right. on. Yeah. <laughs> safety goggles and a and a lovely neckerchief and a a tan seat. And genuinely, if you ever want to explain like coke mania to someone, like just watch that because he is borderline incoherent, but it is, and he's absolutely in love with his own. Like everything he says, he finds hilarious. But obviously, he's just and he just keeps going. He just keeps throwing song titles in randomly in conversation. So he'd be like, "I feel good." And it's like, stop, right, stop yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah, anyway, watch it immediately, please. Throw it to me then. Owen Curtis gets in touch. Yes, um, and says Cardiff versus Toulouse was good. Was good. Sex rugby from Dupont and Cardiff nearly giving it a good go with odd but interesting mix of players. Yes, absolutely. Laird Stephen Powell says, good was Edinburgh spanking the bad guys. And also good Glasgow clamping down on the other bad guys. Yes, that's correct. Jack Hurst says, good was being selected for our first team for the first time this season, meaning I was in the squad for our fourth team, third team, second team, and first team within the, within the last six games. This only happens to front rowers, I'm sure. Yes, you might be playing for Cardiff next week, Jack. Yeah, Just you get yourself well ready. He said, however, he prob- probably correctly, given that record, I was an unused sub in the first team. <laughs> an unused prop sub. Yeah, that says something yeah. about how they view you, Jack. You were there for <laughs> safety reasons only. Um, Alex Thompson says, good. Is it too obvious to say Finn? No, not really. No, he was excellent. He was at his most insouciantly wonderful, wasn't yeah. he, the weekend? Uh, Dan Shear says, good, just having European rugby back with fans in the stadium. The atmosphere this weekend was electric. Except in Swansea. <laughs> 4,000 people, man. That's I'd real Bring bad. the children's choir back. Yeah. A terrifying atmosphere is better than no atmosphere. That's what I say. Absolutely. A disturbing atmosphere is better than... <laughs> Neil Webber says, good is the Irish women's letter to the government asking for the help, but shit is that it's come to this. Yes, quite. Mm-hmm. And finally, Alex Athol says... Um, Good is Adam Hastings continuing to, fill, continuing to fulfill his position as Chris Harris's child by being the fifth wheel on a couple's holiday with Harris, Johnny May, and their partners. <laughs> oh, that's How did stuff. that come about? <laughs> Do you think he asked? <clears throat> he must have. You don't mind if I come with you. Unless, you know. unless it was a lads, it was like a lads' holiday, and then oh, somebody and, put the foot down. Then, yeah, and then somebody put their foot down, and then the other one's wife was like, "Well, if she's coming, then I'm coming." Yeah, and everything's and gonna then... be locked down in a month, so we're coming with you because we were, yeah. we're supposed yeah, to go yeah. away in January, and it won't happen. Yeah, so <laughs> it's exactly that, isn't it? Final good to be fair, Martin Lewis has just pointed out in the comments that there's been fifty four thousand raised for Ivan Phillips so far. So yeah, terrible news about his his accident. So 
Yes. Yeah. Good stuff. Showing, just showing just giving you still available. The GoFundMe is still aware, is available yeah. still. Showing what rugby values actually means, which is putting your fucking hand in your pocket. And yeah, Quite. they haven't even they haven't even got the proceeds from the jerseys that they're going to raffle off after the games. And also, I hate to say it, but Tom Curry got the sales squad to sign a jersey that's going to be auctioned off after the game as well. It's easy which... to forget because everyone just completely vinegars on it, but Tom Curry played very well. He just played really and continues well. to yeah. develop into quite the player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 gone from being overrated. He's still massively overrated because everything he does is treated as hype train. Yeah, yeah. The hype train is out of control, but he is he is moved like the hype is going like logarithmically. Both of the points on the graph are going up at the same level. When really one just needs to stay at the level, and eventually, I think he'll get if it stayed at. He's a fucking great player. In a year or two's time, he re- like that will probably be very accurate. But of course, by that time, it's going to be like he's the best player who ever lived. I think what just annoys me about him more than anything is he's got that a dickhead's he's, face, isn't he? Well, he's just he's you know he played rugby for Nantwich and shit, and he and then Manchester. <laughs> why is why is his voice like that? <laughs> yeah, that's a he went to school point. in Cheshire. Do you know what I mean? Why? Why yeah. does he talk with an with that accent? Are you? Why mean, has he got a northern accent? I, I, it's, yeah. it's it's unbecoming. It's <laughs> hard it's, enough to get northern voices. It's, it's the at the very least they can do. I mean, to be fair, most of that England team have got have, at some point there's a, a northern accent appearing there. There's at least a Wigan accent appearing that's there. True. I mean, you know, but, it's not enough that Wigan is taking over rugby union. I want more northern voices. Ah, oh, you and your pro north Daily Mail views. Or Daily Mail. Daily Mirror. Views, so. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Daily Mail are pro north. It's all. No, no, no. Daily Mail like working class people now because they're a useful <laughs> prop in the. In Absolutely. The, to have a go at progressive multiculturalism. So. Yeah, now that the labour movement has broadly been destroyed, they no longer fear the proletariat like they once yeah. did. Funny that. So they spent 10 years blaming the working class for their own poverty. Yeah. And now suddenly they're massively sympathetic to how they've been left behind. Wonder why that mm. is. Mm. Toss bags. Anyway, <laughs> that's yeah. a Patreon special episode we're going to do where I just oh, rant yeah. for about an hour about this shit. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Josh. We'll speak to you all next week for our final, for the Christmas party episode. Bring your kaplunk. You can wear your own oh, clothes. Yeah. Everything. Speak to you soon. Ta da. All right. Sports Social Podcast Network.